Hello and welcome to the Homegrown Sunshine Podcast, the place where we gather to discuss the arts, the practice, the highs and the lows of cultivating a wholesome and culturally diverse home education culture for you and your entire family. My name is Kainana Winnerenna and I am a proud homeschooler. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome and introduce you to our host, my amazing mum, Alberta Stevens. Hello, lovely ones. Welcome to episode 11 of season one of the Homegrown Sunshine podcast, where we'll be continuing in our series on the rituals and practices of home education. I know it's been a while since I've been on here. Thank you so much for your patience. For what it's worth, I have carried the thoughts of this podcast and been here with you, uh, with me for a long time. And I'm secretly hoping that you have missed hearing my voice also. But more seriously, the last few months have been a huge roller coaster of changes and new beginnings for us. Not only have I had the nurturing of baby Jay as my priority, but Big Brother also decided that it was time to enter the formal education system again. Right at the outset of our homeschooling journey, we started off with a three-year plan um, where we would have uh, an opportunity to discuss whether he wanted to go back to school at the point of entering middle school for Americans, but secondary school for us in the UK. So with me being pregnant in the last year and um, pandemic schooling and the difficulties that all those brought for him, I think he was about ready to enter into secondary school, make new friends and gain some independence and be out and about. So here we are. And it was always his choice to make. But friends... Secondary school is not for the faint-hearted, especially if you have been accustomed to the freedom of home education. Our entire rhythm has changed. We have experienced death by homework. I literally have to fight to find a sliver of time to keep our family devotions, dinner times and other rhythms sacred. Thankfully, I still have baby Jay to keep me fully rooted in the trenches of home education for a few years to come. So don't worry, you won't get rid of me so easily. I'm still around. Um, But in addition to managing the terrain of secondary school, I have also decided to capitalize on my newfound freedom by starting an MA in a subject that has been close to my heart for many, many years, if not over 10 years even. It has been extremely challenging. Getting back into academia after all these years, the readings are just intense, um, but it has been also equally rewarding and I am so grateful to, to be there. So these are the reasons why you have not seen me in this space for a while. But um, now that I feel like I have navigated the terrain somewhat, I know what to expect. I've got my planner and I've got my my dates and schedules all put together. I sort of know what the rhythm is and I know where to fit things. So I am hoping that um, I'll be on here again more often and we could get to hang out a bit more. How about you? How are you doing? Are you all decked up, shopped out, wrapped up for Christmas? Have you been observing Advent? What has your Advent rituals been like? Um, For me, through falling ill a couple of weeks ago, I was forced to slow down, which um, led me to be a bit more intentional about waiting and, and watching for the coming of Emmanuel into our home this year. And I must say, given how busy the last few months have been, I have totally enjoyed slowing down for these lovely early peggy evenings of sitting by the window with the candles on and with a warm drink. Um, And as we eat a meal together over an Advent wreath, Um, with a candle burning and um, singing carols, reading 
scriptures and poems and um, and also our favourite Advent book, which is um, Jotham's Journey by Arnold Idridi. It has just been a really beautiful time of coming together and reconnecting with my my son again. And on on a few occasions, my mom has also joined us um, um, at the dinner table in the evening. So this Christmas has been an incredible blessing for me, um, even though it was tough to to sort of be home for for about a week not feeling too well I'm grateful for that time now because it really just forced me to slow down and be intentional rather than get into the frenzy of Christmas preparation so I would love to hear how your your advent preparations going how your Christmas planning's coming along do get online get on Instagram or perhaps even send me a message here on the podcast on um, and let me know how you're doing. So I'm really, really excited about today's episode. I have the absolute privilege of interviewing one of my new friends and someone I really admire in the home education sphere in the UK. Um, and that is the amazing Jack Stewart. So Jack is a vibrant witty, authentic father of three. Jack is the quintessential Renaissance man. I mean, as is typical of any home educator, he is super engaging, very well read. And in his case, his passions are theology and classical literature. Um, is also a singer-songwriter. Um, and being a theology graduate, this is something that comes through in his podcast. And for me particularly, where I've seen this is in the way he curates his bold and inspiring vision for encouraging and leading his children in loving God and following the way of Jesus. Today, I am looking forward to talking to Jack about how he is able to hone this love of God in his children. Um, And perhaps for many of you, you might see this aspect of what Jack and I were talking about as morning time. Um, Whereas many of us, um, Jews in the Charlotte Mason mode, tend to do morning time combining both the sacred and the secular. And Jack is certainly one of those people who have you know, have a a devotional element within their home and see that as something that's separate and really, really important. But before we go on to talk about the joys and delights of cultivating the rituals and practices of Philothea, loving God, Jack and I get to discuss some of the challenges that we both face as Christians who happen to be single homeschooling parents. We also discuss the challenges of going through a divorce and choosing healing, choosing forgiveness and restoration because of our children. We discuss the grief and loss that comes with divorce and the joy that comes in the morning because of our faith in God. So this is definitely the episode you want to sit with your favorite drink and your Advent candles burning and perhaps a craft or a toy in hand. This might be a good time to Finish those last minute um, Christmas present wrapping as you listen to Jack and I talk about the rituals and practices of cultivating the love of God. All right, buddy, what are we going to be learning about today? The words and works of the Lord. That's right. And how are we going to do it? By working truth and justice with him. Why is that? Why are we going to do it? No. <laughs> Yannick, go for it. So that all nations will sing his name. That's right. A worthy task for us today, kids. Welcome back, everyone. So as I've said before, today I have the privilege of speaking to Jack Stewart from Daddy Homeschools. So up until this point on the podcast, we have been speaking to mothers and seldom do people realize that actually there are 
quite a lot of fathers out there who are homeschooling. But Jack is unique in many ways because he is a single father home educator, much like myself, <laughs> I'm a single mother and a Christian, which almost seems like an oxymoron in our you know, modern day, being sort of socially conservative people um, and, and being a single parent and home educating. So I came across Jack about his, his Instagram page, which is also Daddy Homeschools, about two years ago, and I was completely in awe of this dynamic young man, a second-generation, um, well, no, first-generation home educator. So he himself was home educated. Um, and um, and now he home educates three children who are seven, five and three, I think is remarkable. He describes himself as having um, a combination of a Charlotte Mason garnished with classical and sprinkled with a bit of on schooling as his philosophy, which again resonates with, with me. Um, Jack is the typical cool um young 20 something year old guy if you see his picture and 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 he's like a walking you know contrast is this really cool well built weightlifter um and i also understand loves skateboarding he hikes loves metal heavy metal um but loves to read classical books um and and he's a great thinker interested in literature, but is passionate about his children, so passionate that he considers fatherhood his life's work. Um, And if you ever listen to Jack's podcast, you would see that he is really um, a a living mirror of, of his beliefs. He not only is passionate about his children, but his faith comes into play in every facet of the the, 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 his work with his children. Originally, um, he studied um, theology, focusing particularly on apologetics at university, and his life's mission was to be an overseas missionary. This is woven in his um, homeschooling, um, and I am so intrigued by this man's life's work that I can't wait for us to just <laughs> unfold how Jack manages to keep such a beautiful symmetry of his own personal life, um, being able to keep all his hobbies and his interests and also be a full-time father, a home educator, and whilst dealing with um, a recent separation of, 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 of his wife. So, Jack Stewart, I am so delighted to have you on Homegrown Sunshine. Welcome. What a sparkling inter- introduction. Thank you so much. And it's, it's wonderful to be here. I'm, although I'm sure if you saw me on Monday mornings, um, you know, clearing up the uh, milk from the, the ceiling and the floor, you wouldn't think there was such a, a, a beautiful symmetry between my principles and my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that kind of echoes everywhere. You don't want to see me on a Monday morning either. <laughs> it happens. Right. So, Jack, thank you so much. As I said, look, I am a, an avid fan of your podcast. Um, I think I'm, I'm I'm behind two episodes from when you started talking about academia um, mm. and, 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 and stuff like that, which really intrigued me because you seem quite cerebral and academic yourself. <laughs> I think I'm similar in that way, but it was really good to, to just listen to the, the conversations you were having about how meaningless it can be if it's not applied. Right. Um, and so anyway, I digress. My point is that I, I love your work and the conversations that you're bringing up and how real your podcast is, um, dealing with very difficult personal challenges and also dealing with even children's character. Often when you look at the tiles on Instagram, homeschooling uh, parents, <laughs> our lives can seem so beautiful and well organized, but we all know that it, it can be challenging as much as it is rewarding. So thank you for bringing your rich but visceral contribution to homeschooling life to, to the world. So that really means a lot. Thank you. 
No, no, it's it's true. I, I, I appreciate it. And I'd really encourage anyone who's listening to this to go find Daddy Homeschool's podcast. Um, it's on most platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify. It's really worth a listen, especially if you're a father who's passionate about being involved in your children's lives. Um, so, Jack, I often start my podcast with asking people how they got into homeschooling. What's mm. been your journey? And I know for you, it's pretty straightforward. You you grew up, you were educated um, at home yourself. But um, obviously, you know, being married, it would have been a conversation you would have had to have with with your 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 ex. So how did that start, and how did you forge your way into where you are now? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, it's my homeschooling journey starts when I was. Um, four, <laughs> um, when I when my mother, or rather my sister, um, found school really hard. My mother um, didn't really know much about homeschooling, and she. My sister screamed every morning at school. Honestly, I mean it was the worst oh. for her. Um, and my mother was just forced to think. I mean, what? Well, so we can't do this then because she's screaming every morning. So right. you know, there's something wrong. There's something deeply wrong. This right. is not a, we can't do a band aid fix on this. Something has to change. And so she just had to um, kind of, there wasn't much homeschooling going on um, mm-hmm. uh, in, in England. She had to f- uh, kind of make it, make it up as she right. went along. Um, she bought a curriculum or rather, this is a great digression, but she, she didn't have the money for a curriculum. She saw that the sun it's actually a sunlight. That's a good um, connection with your, your page, yeah. but there's a, there's a literature curriculum from the so U S I, I know of it. Yeah. 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 It's great. Uh, I've used it a little bit as well. Um, and she she wanted to get this, but she didn't have the money. Uh, but then she so she prayed to God, and the exact amount came in the post anonymously. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I love these kind of stories. I'm so I, right. So she was like, "I guess I'm doing this then." <laughs> so um, anyway, so but then so she she did that with uh, my older sister, and she thought, "Well, might as well do it with boy too, huh?" Because um, it's working so well with sister, and uh, right. I'm glad she did because it was a really good experience for me. Um, even without there being many homeschool groups, she needed, she, she made them and she sent letters to people across the, um, across the country to, to, to create, um, homeschool groups. Um, and where were you living at the time just to get us? I was in Buckinghamshire. Yeah. Buckinghamshire. Okay. Buckinghamshire. Um, and there is still groups in hearts in Buckinghamshire. Um, that she she started i think amazing so, um yeah and then so i when i was doing a levels then i went to college um i went i did uh, my my three a levels and then i went to university studied um got married um and so my stop you that um jack to say you are a product of the homeschooling journey here you are you know a child that was homeschooled from four Mm. right up until a levels and you went mm. to university <laughs> clearly got the grade so homeschooling does work i'm yes. so glad that you're here to show that <laughs> yes well yes let's just uh, drive home that point i am a, yeah, i'm an, indeed a homeschooler who went to university can hold a conversation i i, I hope you'll agree and um <laughs> and you know and you have friends social skills <laughs> right i do indeed have friends um and actually okay no that's a side point um let me uh let me yeah, so you were here. telling me that you went to university and you got married yes and i so then i had the first conversation with my wife about um homeschooling and i said you know what let's homeschool it was good for me and she said well let's what um and to her she did she just didn't have much of a concept of it mm. um so i had to um uh, so I, I, I insisted, I mean, for her, it was just kind of a default and mm. it's like, it's like someone saying, um, um, I don't, you know, I don't feed my children and then they go, uh, then how do they, it, it's not that they're against alternative ways of like, you know, or, uh, rather it's more like, you know, I don't do breakfast, lunch and dinner. And they go, uh, okay, then how do you do it? It's not like they're against alternative ways of doing it. It's just, they have never heard of anything else. So that was <laughs> usually those times or nothing else right <laughs> right, right. Hmm. 
So she was she was just open to the alternative, and because she hadn't had the experience of kind of homeschooling embodied, if you know what I mean, yeah, um, she just would like she she would have preferred to see it embodied. So she kind of said, "Go ahead," which is um, what I the best I could have hoped for, really, from someone who who hasn't had much experience with it. Right. I, I didn't expect her to kind of take it all on herself. Right. Um, so I wanted to lead the way. Okay. Um, and I did took on took on the homeschooling. Correct. Um, yeah. And you married quite young, didn't you? So you were about eighteen, nineteen when you. That's right. Were... I was eighteen. Um, she was twenty, and oh. um, and then I st- and then yeah started. And two years later, you were home homeschooling. Um, it was probably four or five years later. Um, okay. Yes, she uh, my my youngest was four or five. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Sorry, my, my oldest. oldest Your was oldest was, was four. And, I, and my youngest was six months old. And that was quite an experience. I mean, trying to deal with the first academic um, needs of my eldest at the same time as my very physical needs of my six-month-old. That was, I mean, that, that was, uh, I had to be creative, let's put it that way. I can imagine. <laughs> Just, I mean, going into home education alone is, is quite a whirlwind, let alone in a mix of you know two other children one being a baby and doing Mm. that pretty much on your own because you had to at the time being Mm. the only one who knew how it how it worked yeah um and then of course you know you you had difficulties in your marriage Mm. um which which soon left you being the only one to home ed and the only parent with with your children you tell me a little bit about that that's right yeah it was tough um it was a tough few years. Um, I was not, um, obviously not a, not a perfect dad, not a perfect father. Um, and, um, and there was also mental illness, um, in the mix and, um, we were training to be missionaries. Um, but I, I decided that we were just not ready for it. There was, we needed to focus on the family. We needed to kind of step back a little bit. My, my personality is I, you know, people talk about the Lord closed that door. Mm, <laughs> um, yeah. I, my personality is kick down the door. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the Lord closed that door. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Um, the kingdom so, is advanced by those who take it by force, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, and actually that's, there's a brilliant illustration of that where I was, I was arm wrestling once mm-hmm. and I, um, I, my humerus bone snapped. So I just, I, I, I pushed and pushed and pushed until my arm broke. Oh my goodness. Um, and this is me. I mean, this is totally me. And actually this was the crux point in the breakdown of our marriage. Um, um, in, in kind of indirect ways, I, I, I broke my arm. My wife was there and it was the type of injury that kind of seeped into my subconscious and my spiritual life. I was bedridden for a few days just because they had to give me serious like um, painkillers and I basically mm-hmm. couldn't look after the kids. So I was just kind of bumming around in bed all day. And, but it made me think a lot. I had to, I had a lot of time to think. And one of the things I was thinking, you know, I was having lots of dreams of kind of breaking various parts of my life, mm. um, breaking relationships, breaking, you know, breaking the marriage, breaking, just breaking stuff with my personality, with my bulldozer personality. Mm. And, um, and well, uh, so that's when I decided that we ought not to go to the mission fields, you know, in the next couple of years, we've got to slow down and, and kind of regrow the marriage and regrow our thinking. And, and uh, yes, but then, so I, I think I was doing a lot of, figuring I was doing a lot of growing mm-hmm. and a lot of th- rediscovering things and breaking a lot of my identity was breaking down and I was recreating myself mm-hmm. I mean I'm, I was 24 or something so you know they say that men don't kind of <laughs> men aren't really adults until they're like 25 mm-hmm. so I was, I was still kind of growing up um mm-hmm. and but uh so so we left the college we left the training co- the training college and we went to um, just down the road. Um, and I, I carried on homeschooling and my wife was working uh, full time and, um, we were, um, 
committed to each other on on paper. I mean, I say literally on paper because I got a, a letter from her um, one day saying um, that, um, well, I, I won't go too much detail, but she just said that she was c- committed to me and the family. Um, though things are tough. Mm. Um, a month later, uh, we woke up and she wasn't there. Um, and maybe one day she'll she'll tell her story there, but um, I don't think I, I should. But I will say that um, we didn't see her for um, six months or, or so, and we didn't see her or speak to her um, f- for a long time. Um, Gosh, that must have been hard. Hard for, for, for you guys and also hard for her, for a woman to, to walk away from her family. It, it, it can't be an easy decision to make. I'm glad you've said that. For you too. I'm glad you said that about her because it's really, it was really easy for me to go into the mindset of that. I'm the oppressed Mm. kind of innocent oppressed um, category. Mm. Um, But I can't even imagine what um, the suffering and confusion um, she was going through in in this time. And I, I won't try and paint a picture of it because I don't know, but I, I know it was really dark. Yes. Well, it is. I mean, have been one who's gone through a divorce myself, Jack, I, I can relate to, to what you're saying. And and I think mental illness is synonymous with with going through a divorce and those who survive it will, you know, um, prove that, that that is the case. But it, it's not it's not the end. You know, there's nothing that can't be resurrected, right? Mm. Um, and um, and I think one analogy I once heard about divorce is it's like burying something, burying something that's alive. You know, wow. <laughs> so it, it's just I, I feel like you you know sometimes I sort of well at the time when I was going through my situation I sometimes wondered whether you know one of us dying would have been much easier to deal with than. Yeah. <laughs> to know that the other person's alive and well and kicking in the other part of the world, but you're just not together, especially if you have grown up within a Christian ethos where marriage is almost a, a sort of fulfillment or coming into your own, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that that's just taken away. There's a lot to deal with there, but it's, I think it's commonplace that people will feel depressed or, you know, a dark cloud, if you like, above you for years even. But um, it isn't It isn't the end. God is in the business of restoration, isn't he? Yeah. Um, that, that analogy of burying in something that's alive, I mean, that, that, uh, that really works. It does indeed feel like that. And the thing is, like you're saying with the Christian uh, worldview here, um, you are kind of one flesh, though that's a mystery. It was a reality too, that we were one flesh in some deep way. And so when I'm burying her or, or, or something related to her, it's like I'm burying myself. And it, yes. and it did feel like I was burying myself. And so either you die, either you're crushed and be crushed, mm. or, or there's something somehow life is in death mm. unless you die it cannot grow right right you're right uh, yeah and this, this somehow bearing this thing that it's a seed that grows into something else you know yes and let's talk about that because i think this is the what i see here is a beautiful tree blossoming even out of the ashes of you know the pain of what you've gone through um to have the courage, the audacity and boldness to want to home educate three children whilst you're struggling mentally, emotionally and all sorts, financially as well, because that comes as part of the territory, right? Mm. To still want to home educate 
where did you find the courage to do that? And and not just home educate in a sort of basic way. I mean, you've got the most idealistic home education <laughs> um, framework you could think of. And I don't say that as a, as a negative. I say that as a beautiful complementary thing because I admire, you know, you, you, you've got the, the classical literature-based home education from what I see. And that is time-consuming, right? Um so it is a lot of giving of yourself. Jack, where did you find the, the courage, the, the light and space to give of yourself to three human beings and pour the goodness of life? Because that's essentially what the Charlotte Mason <laughs> and classical education approaches is truth, goodness and beauty and wonder. When you are, you were in pain, how did you do that? Well, I'm, I must say, I wish I could agree with your description of me there, but actually it's, so part of the answer is that this is what I, this was a big part of my personality. Again, just, this is me is where I put, I break down the door. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, there's kind of, there's sometimes there's a pride in that where I don't want to be the failure i don't want to be the oppressed class i want to be the conqueror i want to i want to be known as the guy who did it anyway and who's and so um there's a kind of ambivalence there's a kind of moral ambivalence in there or at least a moral neutral neutrality there because that's there's there can be pride in that and there can also be doing the right thing when no one else is doing the right thing and you're not expected to do the right thing so um so personality is big but the other thing is it w- it was it was time consuming but what you're trying to do with your kids especially with like a charlotte mason classical approach i mean for me that's just um kind of synonymous with <laughs> a balanced health, healthy uh, uh, uh education Older, yeah mm-hmm. what you're trying to do is um create a good life for your kids um a emotionally balanced um spiritually connected um healthy life where you're growing and developing and able to deal with disruptions um and take responsibility for things and now it just so happens to be that that life is also what's best for me as an adult and when you're especially going through trauma so the things that i was doing with the kids um you know um, going out in the woods barefoot, singing and crying and dancing and talking to people all day and reading great works of literature and reading the Bible and praying and, uh, you know, discussing the th- concepts with people. You know, this is a really good life. And this is, it's not like I was sacrificing myself for this. I mean, there, I was sacrificing my time and certain, you know, there was a few small sacrifices, but the, the main thing here is this good life that I was giving to my kids, I was also giving to myself. And it's the thing that I needed for my drama, for, mm-hmm. this, for this drama. Is that's, if, I mean, if I went to a yeah. psychologist or something and he said, and I said, I've got all this grief, what shall I do with it? I mean, he would have just described my homeschool life. He said, do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Jack, do you know what? Almost every single person I have interviewed on this um, podcast has pretty much said what you've said in that in giving our children this good life, we are also feeding ourselves and what's good for them has been good for us. And that for me points to what Charlotte Mason says, that children are whole persons. Um, And so if they are whole persons, then nothing changes in terms of your needs as a child to your needs as an adult. It's just that as adults, we become so hardcore and resilient that we forget to nurture our inner lives and Mm. get to do all these things that make us balanced. Um, It's just beautiful the way you've you've described that. And as you were speaking, I thought, oh, perhaps that's what I've been doing also. Mm healing myself mm-hmm. or else home educating my child so this has been more for me than for him well I know that academically but I didn't realize that it was so also for me emotionally but yeah. uh, thank you Jack mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so so thank you for being my shrink today mm-hmm. <laughs> wonderful 
So, um, so it wasn't all altruistic is what you're trying to say, which I think is just, you know, very typically you being so modest. <laughs> um, but I think, again, that there is, when we're in pain, it's, I just also find that the first thing we think of isn't necessarily to, to put other people first. Often human nature is to, to, to lick our own wounds, to turn inwards. So there is, I'm still, I still want to give you a medal for that. If you would let me at least even verbally just say, I think that is amazing that that still was the first your, your modus operandi was to business as usual. Perhaps it might see, come from, you know, your classical education, which is let's all be like the Greeks and go out there and conquer the world, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it does, it does, it does work, you know. Um, but at the same time, in this case, so, soldiering on and uh, has, has, has proven helpful, at least for the children, because it's given them consistency, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, tell me. I know that your faith has played a, a great deal in all of this, and whilst you may have put, you know, put your um, overseas missionary plans on hold for now, somehow this I, I hear in listening to your podcast that 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 desire for ministry and mission is still woven into your homeschool so tell me a little bit about how you have translated your life's purpose which is to take the gospel out to others in the world um and and now that is how how that is interplaying into your homeschool well i think it, it was a first an educational insight um which is it seems like learning makes best sense when it's applied to the world uh, meaning the, uh, or rather it's most meaningful and most uh, incentivizing so here's an example um yana my daughter uh, she will um she's not big into maths really or or rather not abstracted maths but she's big yeah. into cooking which mm-hmm. has a lot of maths mm-hmm. and i think and so I, i'm trying to figure out like what why is that and this is true for a lot of kids i think like they weren't like you know doing abstract uh maths drills mm-hmm. um or they weren't um or they weren't like doing uh, grammar drills right but they do love writing letters to grandpa mm-hmm. or they do love baking cookies for guests mm-hmm. and and they and they love <laughs> This is the thing. They don't just endure the maths when they're baking the cookies. They actually love the maths when they're doing the, baking the cookies. Yeah, yeah. And they don't just endure the grammar uh, stuff when they're, uh, it, they, they, they love it. And it's part of the meaningful system of kind of ideas and mm-hmm. stuff of life. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, I, so it was first, it was first a educational insight that, um, learning and my education is uh, my education for my kids is best conceived when it's directed out into serving the world and blessing the world um and but uh, but then i started to make some of the connect some of the dots with um with theology too um um which uh yeah i don't know if you want to go into now but (laughs) Yeah, let's go into it. Why not? <laughs> well, there's a kind of little question and answer thing that we do every morning just to kind of set the tone, set the direction of our education. Mm-hmm. And that comes straight from Psalm 111. And Psalm 111, oh, it's, so, it's so brilliant. It says um, that um, we delight in the words and works of the Lord um, and we uh, and those who delight in them study them mm. and so okay so there's something here about education that mm-hmm. we when we delight in it we study it and uh, so so we've got we're connecting two things there which is studying kind of we typically think of as a cerebral thing and then delighting in which mm-hmm. is an emotional kind of spiritual thing so mm-hmm. already we're connecting two things this is big mm-hmm. we're already connecting to it's already doing a lot of conceptual work here it's connecting delight in the in something okay. Yeah. and studying it okay so that's that's pretty important in itself but then it also goes on to oh and the words the 
the, the words and the works of the Lord. So it's connecting those two. So the work, kind of doing work in the world mm-hmm. um, and doing sort of creative business mm-hmm. and words uh, in scripture or words in literature and stuff like that. So, okay, there's more stuff to connect there. But then it also, th- this is the thing that really kicked for me, which is then it, it goes on to talk about um, truth and justice. Mm-hmm. So we got, so now justice this is not a side point to truth. Truth and justice is connected. So now I've got like these five points, but I suppose you could you could you could sum up these this kind of cluster of ideas as tr- as truth and justice. Mm-hmm. So truth truth is the education point. Justice is what we're doing in the world. Yeah. And for the Bible, these are don't make any sense apart from each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it, it, we, we've we've kind of torn them apart in many ways in our current culture, mm-hmm. um, but in Scripture they're not torn apart, and they 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 are in tandem. And if you cut education off from justice, if you cut um, if you take your if you try and take your child's brain out or take your brain out and put it and uh, and do academic, this is my academic playgrounds. Um, podcast episode that you were you were referred to earlier mm-hmm. um if you take if you remove the brain um and put it in an, in the brain place which right. is university or school or something like that and mm-hmm. um, this is the way we is often conceived of like a car you can take off different right. parts and put it into different places <laughs> disembodied brains <laughs> right take disembodied brains, and then disembodied hearts or or um, dis- uh, disembodied like souls too you can take yeah. that off and put it into church and then disembodied uh, or disenhearted bodies, and you give that to the doctors. And then we've got all these different like mechanics doing different uh, things to our body. Um, but the problem is that kids go to school and they do all of these drills and they go, what am I doing? Why do I need to do this? I don't want to do it. I don't see why I should. This is pointless. I don't want to be here. Right. And so you get a load of kids going, um, starting to hate the brain, basically. They're, they're looking at this brain and thinking, what? on earth is this brain doing out here in school like I, it's just useless right yeah widgy thing it's got not connected to anything that's because it's supposed to be in the body doing stuff in the world blessing the world you know with truth yeah. and justice together um sorry i'm <laughs> no i'm loving it yes yeah, so so that sort of frames how you see your um you you make the connection between your faith and your education really right it's it's mm. bringing the heart the, the the three the the triune parts of ourselves body soul and spirit together through you know word and works yeah that's what you're saying right beautiful and so take me through i mean this series is about rituals and practices of how we do different aspects of our homeschooling and and i thought as as we've been saying um what i love is how you're cultivating this love of god and love of others into your your, your Charlotte Mason-esque or, and, and classical education. Um, so t- tell me sort of practically, uh, Jack, how, how do you do this? How do you start the mornings with your children? And how do you interweave, you know, philothea, love of God, in, into that from sort of morning till daytime with all the various things that you do, right? A typical day, what would it look like? I'm really glad you asked because... <laughs> At university, I would not have, uh, I used to think that kind of all of this lofty theology and like, I, I really was passionate about the Lord. And I thought that just being passionate about the Lord and knowing lots of stuff about him, it will just automatically filter out into my children. Hmm. Um, but doesn't. It, it doesn't, I mean, it will, if you do the work. And so the way I've, I've often talked about that work that you have to do it's like irrigation. So it's the, yeah. it's the the rain is raining on the big on the top of the mountain, you know, and it gets down. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to irrigate, make those little funnels, yeah. do the hard work of making the yeah little uh, rivers into the the bits where into your crops, into the places yeah. where you where it re- will really bear fruit. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to do. And um, and I I gotta say it's tougher than I th- I thought. Um, but there are a few things that um that I've, I've been trying to do one of those ways, um, talking about the, the focus on the words of the Lord. Um, I've been, I've tried to make sort of a liturgy as it were, um, of, uh, a, a liturgy for our everyday life. Beautiful. And one of those is a, 
um, in our morning meeting. So we have a, a little morning meeting every, most mornings. Uh, morning time, as other people call it, yes. Right, morning time or morning basket or, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, and in, in ours, we do a little hymn um, or um, yeah, a little song, which um, which um, is, a, is straight from the Psalms. Okay. Um, and then we do some encouragements and challenges. Right. Can I, can I stop you there for a minute? Because Please. I think you're, you're a singer-songwriter yourself. Mm. Um, so are your hymns, hymns that you have written, you know, adapted from the Psalms or the traditional hymns? We do one. We do one uh, which is not a traditional hymn, but it is straight from the Psalms. It's for, okay. it's by a guy called uh, Corey Asbury. Okay. He, uh, he did it. It's, it's called um, "You Are My Hope." We do that, um, and we also do a song um, that I wrote uh, called "You Are the Sun," um, which is just a kind of about um, that we that um, are kind of when our bones melt and when our, when my mouth dries, you are my staff, you are my, um, you are the harvest, you are the morning, you are the sun. Jesus has risen and he is the sun. So, all right, you ready, everybody? Yes. To you alone lifts my soul, the God in whom I trust, let me know me. so moving thank you jack so i know i cut you off earlier as you were talking about the different aspects of your morning liturgy starting with your hymn singing and then you talked about encouragement and then of course i know that you do um bible recitation or memorization um and you just told us earlier about psalm 111 and um and what it means to you so could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we've just been through First Peter, um, and we've memorized little bits from there. We memorized most of um, one one Peter chapter one. Mm-hmm. We would take kind of developmentally appropriate portions um, for each um, age group. So my youngest would do a little bit, my my older would do a little bit more, um, and we'd work on that every morning. Um, but then there's also a kind of little question and answer thing that we do every morning just to kind of set the tone, set the direction of our education. Mm-hmm. And that comes straight from Psalm 111. And so, so no matter what we're studying, no matter what we're talking about, it is always, we're always um, studying the, the the words of the Lord because we have just been through some memory verses, we've right. just been through the Bible. So it's the words of the Lord and it's the works of the Lord. And under those two kind of umbrellas is all of creation all of uh, is all under the scope of god's works in the world bringing mm. all things under under christ um yeah so anything we're learning about is under the works of uh, is the words and works of the lord so that and it's kind of framing it again as praise of the lord so right. even if we're doing maths you know this is under the praise of god we are we are delighting in god when we are studying maths mm. and the answer is they they does 
we are extending, we are repeating, we are memorizing, we are bringing into our heart, into our bodies. We are, so if he is working truth and just, and that is a crucial part of education, when we are memorizing something, when we are studying something, we delight in it. So that's the first kind of echo mm-hmm, in our hearts. Mm-hmm. But then it also echoes in our hands. You know, we right. do things, we do carpentry, we create, we do painting. We are, we don't just input, we in a it outputs out into the world. But this is the last uh, question. To what end? Meaning, why do we do all of this? Yes, and the, the answer is, mm. so that all nations will sing his name. So again, it's we are extending not just out into our hands, but past our hands into the world. And we are joining in God's um, worldwide global glorification of himself um, where things actually change and justice actually happens and truth is actually spread and delight is actually propagated for studies so out of the big kind of idea that i want to press home in this is that your studies matter they really matter and they actually make a difference they're Mm. not just a rehearsal for things they're Mm. not just a rehearsal for making money they're not just um because daddy would be embarrassed if you don't get your maths right they're not because um that that's just kind of the habit of because you've got a job in the world and god is using you and things are actually like justice is actually bringing made a reality because of what we are doing this morning All right, buddy, what are we going to be learning about today? The words and works of the Lord. That's right. And how are we going to do it? By working truth and justice with him. Why is that? Why are we going to do it? So that all nations will sing his name. That's right. A worthy task for us today, kids. Um, there's there's one other kind of liturgical. I, I, I won't I won't um, be so long winded with this one. But there's one other uh, kind of liturgical thing from the Psalms that we I try to repeat in the kids' um, lives. Psalm 127. It says that uh, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the mm-hmm. children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. That's uh, one two Psalm 127, right? Right. Yeah. One two seven. Yeah. Mm. Um, and. So I ask the kids, especially if there's something, you know, there's a problem or that they forget, I feel like they're forgetting their place or forget, you know, like they hit their brother or, mm. you know, they're kind of forgetting that this this truth from Psalm 111, that they are got a job to do of truth and justice yeah. and bring it home again. I say, um, you are my, and they say arrow. And I say, I am the, and they say warrior. And I say for the kingdom of, and they say God. So again, it's like, you, I need you. Because we're doing something big and you are a crucial part in this. So when you kind of forget that, you go kind of, the arrow kind of goes off in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, I, I need you for the kingdom of God. You know, there are real enemies and it's not your brother. Mm-hmm. Like there are, there are real things to do. Uh, that, that new affection of that new vision of their scope of their um, direction in the world, I think kind of, pushes out the the silliness sometimes this the silliness pushed yeah. me and I, I hit him in the face and love it thank you jack that's that's really mm. encouraging so are there are there any other tips or resources perhaps that you use in your morning time or your liturgical process with your children that you might want to share with the listeners perhaps somebody who's struggling who may not have had your education to understand how to apply scripture in this way what are the easy to find tools that that one could use perhaps if you're starting in this process so i would um I would start r- really simple with a prayer and just reading a couple of verses. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so that would, you know, it's dead simple. And if there's a favorite worship tune, you can get on on YouTube and just sing it, tr- try and sing with it. You could print out the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing you could do is kind of like what you do in church where you'll read, I don't know if you've ever done this, but um, a the, the leader will read maybe three or four verses and then there will be a highlighted bit where the read and respond congregation reads together right and everyone reads together um um and so you could just pick a a verse or a line where is where you could kind of print out in bold for their for their this is if they're reading it Mm -hmm. for them to say with you and so i I think i'm going to do this in fact i'm probably going to do i'm just going to print out 
um, chapter 111. And on, uh, I'm going to copy it into a Word, and I'm going to make some of the lines red, mm-hmm. and that will be me, and then some of them yellow, and that will be my daughter, etc. And then they'll know which ones, you know, which is their color. And they'll right. just read it out like that. You know, right. you don't have to. I, I really kind of disc. I used to think that my job was to kind of preach and explain um, the, the the Bible and like teach it to my kids. And I really, as, as the older I get, the more I realize how um, non-qualified, unqualified I am mm-hmm. to do that. Like mm-hmm. I am, it is not my job, my job to kind of, step in God's place God is God has spoken and it's and all we it's uh we have not we are not to add to that we are to just like with our children listen to God mm-hmm. you know what I mean so lay it as a feast on the table isn't it that's what Charlotte right, Mason exactly. says yeah 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 exactly um so I yeah that's my that's my tip is I I, I don't know about resources apart from mm-hmm. um stick with a very small chunk of time in the morning especially Mm -hmm. if your kids are under six or something Mm -hmm. literally a couple of minutes Mm -hmm. um and and just read the word together um uh yeah yeah i don't know if that's beautiful uh, no that's really helpful and do you throw in any poetry at all in your time in the morning or is that something you do separately it's something we we do separately at the moment, but mm-hmm. I think I ought to do that. I mean, everyone's talking about the poetry in tea time, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I think I need to start doing that. But no, I've at the moment I I'll, I'm just doing it with my eldest, okay. And that's its own um, its own thing in in the kind of literature section of our right. day. We'll we'll go through we're going through a bit of Milton at the moment. We just um, talk about it together and we try and memorize a little bit. But no, you know what? Oh, you know what we do do is there's that. Um, Poem for every, it's like that nature book. Oh, yeah, I wish yeah, you could remember. For, I'm sure for every you know it. Season or every um, day, um, yeah, yeah. Yes. So we use that. That's pretty good. And we'll just read that together. And the good thing about that is because of the illustrations and because the poems are quite small, yeah. um, the the younger boys are will will listen through it as it's well. It's the they National kind of get Trust it. one. Yeah, no, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um what about stories? Do you throw in fables or fairy tales as part of the, the Christian narrative in this? Or are those, I know you do these things anyway, but are those separate things that you do? Um, yeah, they're separate. Um, there there are obviously kind of glimpses of gospel truth mm-hmm. and there are um, yeah values that we can hold on to in those things. But yeah. I... Um, want to make a distinction um, right. in in my child's mind is mm-hmm. you know God's word and then mm-hmm. there are our responses to God's word and you know the kind of picking apart the truth and the shades of truth and kind of echoes of truth and stuff like that mm-hmm. in stories is quite complicated and I wouldn't want to it's it's not always as simple as like this part of the story of Lord of the Rings or or, or whatever it is. That's the gospel, <laughs> mythical um, kind of J.R. Tolkien yeah, or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I it's, it's it's just kind of in a different category, even if there is so much truth packed into it. So anyway, I, I do, and even if it's kind of moral training mm-hmm. or um, like uh, yeah, the Aesop's fables and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which are so useful. Um, I do try and kind of put them in their own yeah. category especially when they're younger i think that's important to sort of keep them distinct so that they're not confused about what is you know the living word and what is sort of other people's imagination so no that's wise yeah i think so yeah, yeah. and you do a lot of songwriting of course i think i've mentioned already um is this something that you encourage your children to do at this stage to kind of make up their own lyrics do you make up songs together as a way of encouraging the love of god um yeah i at this stage i do very little theory with my kids i mean right. they are just exasperated by it uh, um if i really try and kind of help them memorize the theory so maybe if maybe later on they'll show yeah. a, a bit more of a kind of leaning towards that but right now basically what i do with the music is we listen to tons of music we listen to tons of classical uh yeah we we play some of that together by ear yeah and and then i will set kind of unleash them 
and say, play what you want. And I will, uh, I'm there encouraging them. I'll be there. Sometimes I'll be like, I'll just sit there. So with my four-year-old at the moment, it's mm-hmm. the thing I do where I just sit there with him. And all he wants to do is play stuff. Me smile at him. <laughs> he just wants to play Aww. stuff, just make up stuff. And then hear me go, oh, that is so cool when you did that. <laughs> there's just something so deep. I remember my dad doing that with me. And I think yeah. there's, not to kind of over melodramatize it, but I think that's a big reason I am a songwriter now and mm-hmm. carrying on and, and why I love that so much now. Of times where my dad came up to me and said, oh, that's, that's great. Like, that's really good. That bit right there. Yeah. Um, as simple as that so anyway I at the moment yes there's a lot of making stuff up I mean sometimes we think that adults will will do songwriting like they make a whole song Mm. and they'll put it online or something like that whereas kids are just playing around well kids kids are songwriting too I mean that's exactly what I meant giving uh, space for that making things up I remember when my son was about five he would make up you know, stories, make up songs that, you know, at bedtime, um, that, that were all to the glory of God. Usually Jesus will appear in these stories. <laughs> yeah. And there's a moment of transformation where it's not the prince, but Jesus comes along and everything's fine. But no, I, I thought it's given how creative you are that, that, that there will be time for that. And obviously there is just giving kids space to, to make up and or give back like show you what they have absorbed throughout the course of the day what they're learning in their own imaginative way yeah that's crucial yeah Mm -hmm. and that's the third part of um that's the third part of education is being able to or the the second part you know like um the first part input of data second part playing with it's almost like they don't really fully understand and fully kind of delight in the music that they're hearing unless they are using it and playing with it and like making different even just like really loud really quiet really loud because that is part of what they're hearing in music it doesn't kind of echo in their body that that is a part of their digestion of it so um yeah and that's holds for music as well as for other things so true jack so my sort of penultimate question, there will be one more, <laughs> is for you, how has home education changed you as a person going on this journey with your children, worshipping together, from worshipping together in the morning and encouraging them to love God, um, to teaching them about classical literature and so on and so forth, going out in nature barefooted. How has it transformed you as a person? I know that you yourself were home educated, but this journey, second time, this iteration with your children, what have been the the nuggets that you've come away with? So the thing that I think home education is really peculiarly valuable for, which I've been talking about over and over again, connection between spiritual purposes, personal purposes, Education in in context, education rooted, education Mm -hmm. connected to all the the other parts of your life. Mm -hmm. And that uh, trying so hard and uh, delighting in that and seeing that and uh, trying so hard to um, manifest my kids has really brought it home for me. You know, Mm -hmm. this idea that it's not, I don't want to frame education for my kids where they learn stuff now their full-time job is to just learn stuff now and then it will be to just work mm-hmm. um i want i'm trying to plant seeds of lifelong learning in them and then i'm like oh well i'm in a lifelong journey too so i should be so this should be true for me there's mm-hmm. both work and play and learning early on and i want that to go through the whole life i want that mm-hmm. whole life to be have work and learning and play all kind of interdependent and helping each the, the helping each other and having longevity well then this is for me too you know mm. I, I i should take my education seriously right. um, i want to i want to play too and i have to work too mm-hmm. but um if educa- education is a part of truth and justice and what i want for my kids is to have truth and justice going forward well then education is a part of it for me too if right. that's my aim in life right. if i want all nations to sing the sing um, God's name, then I have to take my education seriously. So, so um, modeling, it's really, really, isn't it? Sorry, you're modeling for them. Yes, yeah, and mm. it's it's 
I, 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 tell you, I tell you, it really highlights the areas of development. I'll put it that way in yourself <laughs> when you when you hang out with the kids, yes. <laughs> when you spend time with the kids, you really say yourself more clearly. So yes. I think that's definitely yes. um, part Wonderful. of what I learned. And they're very good at holding mirrors for you to see yourself, aren't they? <laughs> oh, they're too good at it. <laughs> right. So lastly, uh, Jack, just one, are there any final words of wisdom for fathers who may be on this journey like yourself, single fathers or maybe fathers um, who were maybe married? Um, and they are the main home educators at home or, or starting out as, as the main home educators at home. What what tips? It could be both. It doesn't need to be a father. It could be a mom too. But what final words of wisdom would you have for such people who are at the cusp of taking the plunge? So I would say, first, firstly, it is the most gratifying and difficult job I've ever had. I mean, I've said that before, but mm-hmm. um, it is it is just enormously rewarding. And I and when I do other things, when I I have other part time jobs, and I always there's a heart pull back to this um, because yeah, it is just um, it is my life's work, and mm-hmm. it is our life's work as adult, as uh, parents. Mm-hmm. Do not be afraid to f- when when you feel like there's too many logs on you <laughs> to breathe. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You can. You mm-hmm. can just, that's the thing about homeschooling. You can just take a really long break and not do anything, not mm-hmm. do any studies. You could just, or maybe just do the devotionals in the morning mm-hmm. or just do the thing that you think is most nourishing to you at this point. You, there is no, it's, it's such a, so easy to have the ego thing of wanting to prove yourself. Dudes, mm-hmm. dudes want um, the world to know that they're nailing it, that they're impressive. I mean, that's me. Um, but, Sometimes, but you don't want your kids to be the collateral damage of that mm. ego move, because mm. the the your the um, the purpose of your education, the purpose that you are homeschooling, is not that you can impress with people with how clever your kids are. It's not about you. It's about setting the spark in your kids. So if you need to take the logs off or to bring more. Uh, air in whatever the metaphor is if you need to make changes that maybe you're not com- it doesn't feel comfortable for for you like it feels like that um is a hit to your ego i mean you've got to remember you're doing this for for the kids this is this is for them and this is mm-hmm. because there's the you know we are delighting in the words of the words and works of the lord body so that it can Use it in our hands for the nations right this is this is for the nations this is for outside of us um, so when it takes an ego hit, you know, that's all right. <laughs> Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Jack. Um, what, what a blessing it has been to listen to how you encourage your children to delight in the Lord and, and, and fall in love with, with God within, within context. Um, I'm sure this is the first of many conversations you and I will have in the future. I can't thank you enough for your time. Alberta, this has been great. Thank you. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If so, we'd appreciate if you could take the time to subscribe, share or write a review. This would help others who need to hear this show find us quickly. Also, if you would like to find out more about Homegrown Sunshine, please check out the links in the show notes. Until next time, keep nurturing your own sunshine. <laughs>